let's head over to the Carrio Newsline now, joined by national correspondent Aaron Rial, as we're all much more mindful as far as costs going up and uh, really the uh, bills that we're having to pay every month, especially with uh, this kind of uh, inflation we've been seeing, also those recessionary fears. But uh, really, when one cost uh, that we've all come to utilize and really need is the Internet. Good morning, Aaron. And why is it that... uh, some places we see much more uh, fees for internet than um, others. Yes. So people in states with lower incomes, they actually face higher broadband prices. This is according to new data from Broadband Now. And that aggregates data on broadband pricing and coverage. So example, in 10 states where the median household income falls below $70,000, low price plans are available to less than half the population. And then in a place like Mississippi, the lowest earning state, median household incomes around $40,000, just a third of residents have access to such plans, the low price. Now, if you go to a place like Connecticut or Washington, D.C., where the household income is around $100,000, availability is almost complete. Nearly every resident has available access to high-speed, good, high-quality broadband internet. And it's a similar situation in even higher earning places. Uh, Delaware, Hawaii households earn a median of seventy to 80000 They have great internet. It really depends on where you are. And a, a 2022 investigation into over 800,000 internet providers, the big boys, AT&T, CenturyLink, it found that they routinely charge neighborhoods the same price for plans with really different, drastically different, in fact, internet speeds. And the slowest plans across 38 cities were often offered to households in non-white neighborhoods, including those that were historically redlined. So what we're kind of seeing is that this is, you know, a different form and a different execution of redlining. Yeah, and of course, you know, we saw over the course of the pandemic and now even with this uh, kind of heightened utilization of hybrid workforce, just how much uh, Internet has become a crucial utility, not necessarily uh, really a luxury for so many of us nationwide. Precisely. And, you know, broadband pricing, it's so regionally and even locally fragmented that you might have a very large incumbent provider that offers a plan to millions of people at, say, three different price points across the country. So there's really no federal regulation when it comes to this, which is why you get all these different price points. And also, there's a difference in cost for the same speed. It really comes down to this unevenness of infrastructure in the U.S. for broadband and you have the rural areas that have lower population density, that's not great in terms of internet. And then there's a lack of competition in the lower earning communities. So there's economics, not just pure evilness that comes into play here too. But on the upside, the Biden administration, they have launched the Broadband Equity Access Deployment Program. that They're dedicating $42 billion to help governments, local governments, expand their high-speed internet. They're doing this through building more infrastructure, and they're subsidizing the cost for low-income families. So it's not like the federal government isn't aware of how important this is if we want to perform on a global stage, and, and that seems to be what they're they're preparing for. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting on that, but uh, we can't talk about costs as well with uh, some of our other consumer costs as well as now toys are starting to really skyrocket and go through the roof as well. Actually, believe it or not, they're coming down. The The cost of toys are uh, coming down. So it's known to be recession-proof. But the toy industry, they're, they're plagued by this perfect storm right now. So you have cash-strapped consumers. They're not throwing away disposable income. And then you have a glut of toys that, that steadily built up last year. So it's at a tipping point over the holidays. And in fact, toy prices, which typically rise after Black Friday because of the popular items becoming scarce, they actually declined 10% through December 
23rd. And the holidays, they saw declines of about 10% in the first, that's the first 10% drop in six years. So basically all of these toy um, retailers, they stocked up because everyone was buying toys during the pandemic. People were at home. They needed to work. They'd give their kid a toy. They're done with that. Now they're not going for the big ticket items and, and they're trying to figure out what is needed and what is less needed. And they're taking toys off the list of needed items. Well, I'm just glad that uh, my daughter's past the point where she gets fixated on the one toy and that's the one toy I can't find, regardless of the Right, cost. yeah, it's brutal, it's brutal. <laughs> Aaron Rael, thank you so much, appreciate it. Have a good day.